Welcome to the Books on Air podcast. I'm Suzanne Harris, and my listeners get the story behind every book. Joining me today is Anne Curran, and she's here to talk about her book, Spaghetti with Raisins, Guiding Your Loved One with Dementia Toward the Safety of Long-Term Care. Anne, welcome. It's such a pleasure to have you on Books on Air. Oh, thank you, Suzanne. It's so nice to be here. You know, people write books for all kinds of reasons. And a book like this, I think, is so important. And there is so much needed out there about this kind of topic because people are dealing with it. Why did you decide to write this book? I wrote this book, Susan, in to try to bring more awareness to the reader of how very difficult it is to be a caregiver. And it offered them possibly ways to help as they go through this journey with their loved one. Well, you've got, you've got both sides of this because you were a social, social worker, so you have dealt with many families and many clients who were dealing with this issue, but then it became very personal for you because your husband developed dementia. Oh, that's right. It was very complicated. Uh, he and I met back in the late 80s. Uh, after I lost a son in, a, in an auto accident, and I was working at a hospital in New Hampshire, and his niece was working there as well, and he had lost a wife in an auto accident, so she introduced us and um, brought us together, hoping that we would find some happiness in our futures. And did you? We did. We, we were married 23 years, and we had some wonderful, wonderful times. Uh, the last five years were very difficult because of his dementia increasing to the degree it did. But yes, we found lots of happiness. Tell me about the title. What does the title Spaghetti with Raisins mean? <laughs> well, you have to get to page 57, I believe it is, to find out. <laughs> Um, Gene in his dementia was was also a very creative person, and uh, I was working one day. We were in New York. I was living in New York with him at the time, and he made supper for me. Had the table all set with a nice tablecloth and two candles lit and some music, and he served me spaghetti with raisins. And I just thought it was very creative that he put the raisins in there and asked him about it. He credited it to his creativity. So that's, that's where I got the title of Spaghetti with Raisins. Well, of course, I'm curious. How did it taste? How did it taste, Dan? It, it tasted like spaghetti with marinara sauce and raisins. It was very good. Really? <laughs> I think you've made me, as well as our listeners, go, raisins? I'm going to have to try that the next time I have spaghetti. Well, actually, I looked it up on the Internet, and there is such a thing as spaghetti with raisins, so it's a bit, bit nonplussed before I found that out. Oh, how funny. I love it. <laughs> well, I looked as I looked at the book, I noticed the titles of the chapters, 
And there are quite a few chapters, and they have titles like Love and Loss, Long Ago, Courting Time. Give me an overview of what the book really is about. What will our listeners, when they become readers, really learn from your book? Well, I wrote the book, as you asked, for a couple of reasons. First of all, I need a clarification myself. I came out of the experience somewhat confused about what had happened over those years. And um, I found Jean, after we met, very, very charming and committed to the relationship. And he got along very well with my family. He was the second marriage for both of us. And um, I moved to New York up from New Hampshire, and we lived there for a three-year period before we moved back to Massachusetts with my children. Um, And it really wasn't until we were purchasing a, a new home in Massachusetts that I found that his thinking was askew in the sense that he could not seem to do anything Sequentially, he would question anything that was being done over and over again. And um, I had noticed, you know, previous to that, you know, he'd lose his keys or he'd forget this or that, but I just thought they were just daily occurrences and we'd laugh about it. Uh, But until we got into a serious business situation and, and saw that he was having difficulty with that, it was uh, was then that I really began to pay attention. So it was just a matter of watching and waiting from that point on. Um, we just continued our lives, and I started to question as, as it went on. And one day, after many years, probably seven or eight years, I was pretty befuddled and sad and I went into a nursing home to speak to a social worker and broke down. And she said, it sounded like like my husband was ready for some more care than what I could give him, and that I definitely needed some attention. And um, so we kind of took it from there. It's difficult. I, I shared with you before we started recording My experience was not with dementia, but the experience that I had was with my mother, and Uh it was uh, Alzheimer's. And Uh I think for me, I mean, this is a parent. This is someone who had been with me all my life and had been, you know, a, a, a rock for me all my life as an only child. And watching her just go away was one of the most difficult things that's ever happened to me. And I remember, you know, at first, you don't want to see those little things that begin to happen. She, um, we would come over there. I, I went there every Sunday to see her. And we would go over there and walk in the house, and she would be just sitting there in the dark. And I thought, huh, that's a little odd. But, you know, you sort of ignore it and you sort of go on. And I suspect that many of our listeners have done similar things, whether it's a spouse or a parent or whoever it is that you're watching 
change almost right before your very eyes. It's not a change that you want to see. Did you experience the same kind of thing, even though you were a professional and you had dealt with this before? Oh, absolutely. Um, as things began to become clearer to me, and I realized I was denying, as you say, it's, it's kind of our safeguard from from the pain of it. Um, it. It seems like I was in the same state as he was because I got up every day. It was just he and I, and there were, there were no family around, and uh, I began to play the games that he was playing, you know, what I, to appease him, not to upset him. If if I had responded to the way I usually would to something that isn't being done logically, it would have created a lot of arguments, which over the years and previous years ahead. Um, so I learned not to do that, but to learn to try to be more like him as to reduce conflict. You're and, um, yeah, you're absolutely right. Go ahead. Yeah, and that that was the best way for me to keep peace in the situation because he, he, he tended to get very involved with my children's lives and created a lot of problems with my family. I, I had five children that were married, and he um, created a lot of chaos with them by making small things large. When uh, I would have just brushed it off or something, he would exacerbate it. And that became the most difficult part of our marriage was his interference with my family. And of course, my family was protective of me, wanted to visit, but actually ended up shutting them away in the end so that I really was pretty much alone with him. So that, that was just one facet of the situation that you don't ever think about. And that's one of the real facets that you hit in the book is talking about that caregiver aspect of being the caregiver for that person and how how long can you keep that person at home with you how long can you experience that emotional up and down and the drain that occurs because you're on alert all the time exactly. because you never know what's going to happen right and, you know, luckily I had been a social worker, so I knew pretty much how to work the resources or how to try to find them and get them. But I was not familiar with the whole idea of dementia, uh, why it happened. And um, so I knew it was time to talk to his primary care doctor, and we, we did get him tested cognitively. And um, the psychologist at the time said that, yes, he was ready for nursing home care, but it was four and a half years later that I began the process of trying to get him into a nursing home, and um, I did. It was very difficult, probably the worst thing I ever had to do in my life, and I've had some tough times, um, but he resisted very vigorously, and it uh, gave me a very hard time while he was at the nursing home, and he behaved so well in the nursing home. He was very charming and very vocal and articulate, and um, his kind of dementia did not affect his his speech or his talk right away. 
It was frontal lobe dementia, and it happened because of the accident with his, with his wife. When he lost his wife, he was driving, and his, his wife, that was a fatal accident for his wife of 42 years. Um, and he had a hematoma afterwards, and we assumed later on that that's really what caused the dementia for him. Um, but in any case, I did not place him for four and a half years, and even at that time, he was still articulate and wanted out. And uh, I think we were at our worst flow in our marriage at that time. I had lost 15, 20 pounds for no reason at all, and he was looking red-eyed and teary-eyed and um, calling his his relatives and get, trying to get his their attention and any politician's attention he could to try to convince him that he did not belong there. This is something that I did. And um, it, it was just a very, very bad time for us. It sounds to like the it. point where I considered bringing him home again because their nursing home was not helping either. The psychologist had come to me one day and asked me, why couldn't I find it in my heart to bring him home? What, there's nothing wrong with him. And I asked him, I said, didn't you read his diagnosis? That he lit a fire in the house? That there was a flood in the house? That he's fallen down? Um, and yet, nursing home insisted that he didn't belong there, and it just broke my heart. I, brought, I did bring him home. And it helped. It um it put a little bit of warmth back into our relationship, and he regained his trust in me somewhat. But I constantly told him during that period of nine months that he was home that I was going to have to bring him back some, at some point. And uh, I don't think he ever really acknowledged it, but I think he did at sometimes understand. And it was then that I seriously started looking for a nursing home that would be suitable for him to his specific needs, and uh, I finally did find a good nursing home for him. What a difficult but time you went through, Anne. It was, it was very difficult. You know. Now, I believe that you have some tips that you want to share with our listeners that are included in the book. Would you do that now? Well, certainly. I, I put these tips on the back cover, hoping that if my book got on a shelf, then when they picked it up, the reader picked it up, they could look at the back of it and read what I say. And what I said was, your help is needed. And then I give a few tips, starting by stop by fatigue, a chat, if that's all you can do for the caregiver. Stop by and let the caregiver go shopping by herself for an hour or two. And I love that opportunity when someone would do that for me. Stay overnight or a weekend and allow the caregiver a real break to wind down. Get a massage or stay in a motel alone where she can sleep as late as she needs to next morning. Now, that's, that's what to me would be just the best gift of all. <laughs> when you're doing something for years and years and years and you have the opportunity to get a weekend off and wake up at the time you want, uh, that, that's a real gift. Um, I encourage families to plan together. Make a casserole dish to help your loved mother or father so that they don't have to cook two or three times a week. Invite your loved one and their caregiver to your home for lunch or supper for as long as they're able to visit. Also, there is a ton of paperwork that goes along with this. State, local, federal, depending on 
where you are financially. Uh, health the caregivers sort through the quagmire of forms they have to deal with. And assist them in looking for long-term care. Go with them to different places so they don't have to take the whole burden on alone. And sometimes it's only what one daughter or son that's helping out. Just remember that they need a break too. Extended family, be aware and help out where you can. So those are my suggestions to help families with. with the I think those patients. are all. I think those are all excellent suggestions, and I'm sure yeah. that our listeners are wondering where they can find the book. So let's tell them. It's available on Amazon, and let me give you the specific title, and let me tell you how to find it. All you have to do is go to Amazon.com, and right there on the front page is that there's a big rectangular search box if you've never been to Amazon. Here's the, let me give you the title of the book and let me spell some things for you. The title of the book, I don't see how you could possibly forget this, is Spaghetti, S-P-A-G-H-E-T-T-I, just in case you're struggling with that word, Spaghetti with Raisins, Guiding Your Loved One with Dementia Toward the Safety of Long-Term Care by Anne A-N-N-E, capital R, period, Curran, C-U-R-R-A-N. I suspect if you just put Spaghetti with Raisins by Ann Curran and clicked on it, that it would come right up. Now, what you'll see when you click on the search feature and it brings up the book You'll see the cover of the book, and in the upper right-hand corner, there are always two words. It says, look here, and you, all you have to do is click on those two words, and the book will open electronically, and there's a really, really nice excerpt. You can also see the title of all of the different chapters. The table of contents is also in this excerpt, this example from the book. You can also buy the book right there on that page. Now, and I know that the book is available in some other places. If our listeners don't want to go to Amazon to purchase the book, where else could they find it? Uh, yes, it's also available at Barnes and Noble and Goodreads. Excellent. Now, we're running out of time. And I always like to let an author have the last word about their book. This book is such an, an, it's an interesting story because we follow your story. But it's also a book that no one would just read through once. This is a book that you would keep as a reference and a referral guide. So if our listeners become readers and they do pick up a copy of the book and they read through it the first time just to get a feel for the whole book, they close that back cover for the last time, what message do you really want that reader to take away from Spaghetti with Raisins? I really want them to know the journey they're going on, that 
it's snow walk in the park, that they're going to need help, and if they're being offered help, to surely take it and to even do it in an organized manner if you can. Because the longer the situation goes on, the more you're going to need the, the help. And also to be very careful when you're looking for, for nursing homes. Um, look for cleanliness first and make sure that the staff knows exactly what the problems are with your loved one and that they pay attention to those signs. You know, it also strikes me that if you have extended family, giving that extended family, those extended family members, copies of your book, Spaghetti with Raisins, would be a valuable thing to do so that they would have an insider look at what the caregiver is really going through. Because, you know, people from the outside cannot possibly understand the emotional toll that this takes on the person who is the caregiver. And even when you have put your loved one in some sort of facility, there's still there's still guilt, there's still worry, there's still they call you, you have to do certain things. And I think that your book would be good for extended family members to have just because it's this it's a story and you also have tips. I think those tips on the back of the book are so valuable because extended family may never think to do those kinds of things unless someone points them out. And you did that so well in your book. Thank you so well, so much for being my guest today on Books on Air. Well, thank you so much, Suzanne. Now, remember, you can find the book Spaghetti with Raisins by Anne R. Curran, C-U-R-R-A-N, on Amazon. You've been listening to the Books on Air podcast brought to you on webtalkradio.net. You can also hear this podcast on Spotify, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, and Apple Podcasts. I'm Suzanne Harris, and I hope you'll join me for the next Books on Air podcast, because remember, you never know who's going to be here, and you never know what we're going to talk about. Thank you so much for listening.